Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 104, Cats in the Cradle. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me today, my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How are you doing? Good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> so we've had some scheduling issues over the course of this weekend. We ended up recording this right now on Father's Day afternoon, because what else would you rather do on Father's Day than sit down and talk about little plastic toy miniatures? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, we had some announcements. We're going to go over uh, a little discussion probably on worlds and the location and how this is going to work out. Uh, we also had uh, more details on the Yavin battle pack that they announced at Star Wars Celebration. But as always, we're going to kick off with what we've been doing in gaming lately sean as usual i will kick off with you my friend what have you been up to lately um not a whole lot as far as gaming goes it's been a busy busy couple weeks at work um friday i did drive to kansas city to pick up a, an arcade one-up star wars <laughs> arcade machine it's got all uh, three too yeah it's got well the three originals and then because there was a sega version of star wars too yeah so these are the Atari version of it. So it has the, um, it's I can't remember what it's the vector graphics. Yeah. Um, the first two have the vector graphics, and then Return of the Jedi has more of a um, actual graphics and stuff. So, but that that's my holy grail video game. It's one that you know I would drive seven hours round trip to go get and and did. <laughs> Yes, and pay a little bit extra, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> to, well, you said that yeah. these were limited edition from Marquee One Up. Like, not like it's it's not one of their standard production line ones, like one that you can right. get on their website all the time. It's one that they only did in a limited series and then aren't going to do again. Yeah, and it's it's one of the ones that the collectors go after. You know, um, it's one of those funny things. I, I will say this: it's one of those funny things to me, where you know people own the game you know, people buy the game and then it sits in their home arcade and they don't play it because they bought it to collect it. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, buying minis and never painting them or never assembling them. You know, I think I'm, you're uh, the... talking to a wrong crowd for that, Sean. I was going to say, you're definitely <laughs> yeah. talking to the wrong crowd. <laughs> yeah. I would give that more the acquaint of, I went out and bought a Star Wars action figure and in the nine in the nineties, whenever uh, episode one was coming out, and left it sealed in the box because I thought it was going to gain value someday. Yeah, and you know this kind of sort of did gain value, but it's not the same type of value that you think. the The cheapest one I had seen before I saw this one was like nineteen hundred dollars on eBay. Holy cow! And it went for either five ninety nine or six ninety nine originally, and then this one was significantly less than nineteen hundred. So. It was it was one of those things where every about once a week I look at Facebook Marketplace to see if there's one on there, and I saw it at like eleven fifty eight Thursday night, and next thing I know Friday morning I'm heading to Kansas City to pick mm -hmm. it up. So, so you know, oh god, I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, it's it's like a treasure find for me. You know, it's in perfect shape. Um, you know, it was barely played. So, you know, all I had to stress about was transporting it 
up, you know, back from there to, to home. And once I got it home, I got it in the house and set it up and it works perfectly, plays real well. And, and then, you know, I just go back to my childhood of sitting or my early, early, late childhood, early teens of sitting at Space City here in Omaha playing Star Wars, you know, with the, with the vector graphics. And the first time I played it, I got to like wave three and I'm like, yes, I can. Play <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> One of the Did few you... games that I was actually good at. Did you get the bottom to it too? So you got like the full stand? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 so arcade one ups are full size. They're three quarter size and they're about half size. If you don't get the stands with them. Correct. Uh, so this one came with a stand. So it, you know, and it's a little bit bigger machine. So when you look at it in pictures, it's a little elusive. It almost looks like a full size arcade machine. Yeah. Which, which it isn't, but it's it's uh you know, it's kind of one of those optical illusions with it. It's a it good a, looking it's a good looking case. I'm looking at pictures from their website right now. It's a really good looking case. Oh, it's beautiful, man. It you know, it's now I'm not a collector, so I'm not the guy that's going out and like there's a whole community for arcade cabinets and arcade one-ups and all these other ones Who that, that, well, the thing about it, that community is that they complain, which every community of course complains about something as, that, as they will. But the, the bitching and moaning that they do is about the art on the cabinet. Like, I, what? I'm, I, yeah, I'm not joking either. You know, they complain about the controls, the art, this and that. I love the art on this. It looks very vintage. Well, I'm not talking about this cabinet specifically. Okay, gotcha, I'm talking gotcha. about others, you know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. And, you know, because it's not authentic. It's not the original art. And the irony of all of this is that, number one, to put the original art from the original cabinet on, you have to pay for licensing for that artwork. Right. Not only do you have to pay for licensing, you have to pay for the license for the game, you know, and I don't know how much that costs Arcade One Up and other, you know, other companies that do this, but Arcade One Up, you know, seems to be the one that's trying to do the most with it. And I did purchase an at games cabinet where through CoinOps X, you can get not every arcade game, but nearly every arcade game you would ever want, you know, to play on that cabinet. And, but who knows how legal that is, you know? Right. So, so when you're looking at cabs like this, it's, you know, I don't give a crap. Like to me, the nostalgia, I don't remember the artwork. I was 12 years old. I don't remember the artwork from 40 years ago. Yeah. The only one that I think I could tell you that I remember distinctly would be the Pac-Man machine only because my grandfather had one when I was a kid. So I knew that machine intimately well. And then I spent, I don't know, hundreds of dollars on the original Mortal Kombat. So like that one I could probably stand and say, yep, that looks authentic. That looks like the machine that I remember playing. Yeah, it's you know, for me, the sentimental part of this is the games. Right. It's the physical games. And so when I'm talking to these guys, you know, on you know, on their YouTube channels or websites or whatever, and I'm talking to them, I'm always talking about the games. They're always talking about the cabinets and artwork. And it's like you know, when you buy an arcade one up 40th anniversary cabinet and it has 12 games on it and you bought the another version of that, like I have I have the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet, which has like 12 or yeah, it has 12 games on it. If I buy the new Mortal Kombat cabinet that's coming out, that's more 
more towards what the original artwork was, I would still get the same games. Yeah. You're, so, it, it, so I'm not going to fill my house up with the same games over and over and over because I want cabinet art. I'm going to fill my house up with arcade games that are unique. You know, it's the only crossover that I have is I bought a defender what they're called party cades. They're, you can hang them on a wall or stand, stand them up on a table. And I bought the Miss Pac-Man one. And then I bought the defender one, not because the artwork and the buttons, the buttons are defender layout, which on the mortal Kombat two are not defender layout. Um, but it had Sinistar and it had Gorf on it. So that's one, your, that's one of your golden games right there. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, if you're looking at the top 10 games, I own eight of the top. Actually, I own all 10 now with the at games machine. I own all 10 of my favorite games. I know you're yeah. going down the legal route of this and I, and I can applaud that most like I'm, I'd be at that point in my stage in my life where I would probably want to go down that route too. But for me, it's the amount of space that you're going through. It's surprising me that there isn't a community out there that jailbreak these because legitimately what you're paying for are the game licenses. Like I'm sure the equipment from, one arcade machine to the other to the other for all from for the most part are probably all the same. And I don't know what they're running it on. They're probably running it on Android would be my guess is they probably easily somebody could just like hack that and just put a thousand games on it as opposed to just one. Do you know well, what I mean? That's, that, that's what the at games machine that I bought, the one I sent you a picture that had the burger time marquee. Right. That the one, one is, the digital marquee. Yeah. I, love, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. That one there, I have, you know, the CoinOpX stuff and, you know, and all the games in the world. That's kind of why you would buy that type of machine. It's not a specific arcade machine with specific artwork. It's just an arcade machine. It came with 300 games, but it's a, you know, BYOB type or BYOG type thing where you you know and then they i see they don't ask where the rom comes from that you got it but they'll let you play it kind of thing yeah you know and and so that's that's type you know that's a 23 inch machine so that's like a regular old time arcade but it, you know it's all lcd so you know that's why i don't go and buy original games is because i would rather have lcds a they use less power than the old machines do you know, which is a big thing for me. Oh, wow. Another you, thing, you, you don't get that hum of the CRT warming up, Sean. That is correct. That That is correct. If but, you're not going to be blasted, like, your projected image on the wall behind where you play, right, you play right. for that long, are you really gaming? If you don't need to wear glasses <laughs> to protect your retinas? If, yeah, if it's not yeah. burning into the screen, are you really gaming? And, and that's, you know, that's something about it, too. I was talking, actually, my son... My son came over yesterday, and then he went over to a friend's and then came back last night because um, he left his car here. And we talked for about two hours about this, you know, and about the the retro gaming. But, you know, you can really only buy the, the true cabinets at, like, auctions and things. And then you, yeah. have the, the, then you have the quandary of transporting. So if you don't have auctions in the city you're in you have to then go someplace else and then you're at the risk of yeah the game might work now you know it might be bubblegum shoestring together to work at that auction but then you you transport it and then it doesn't work and now you have to start replacing parts or troubleshooting that and if you've ever seen inside of an old arcade cabinet there's multiple boards yep. tons of wires yep. the, C the CRT 
you know, looks like it's, you know, for more games, you know, it's, it's just, they're so well, old and, you know, we, and we had a pregame conversation about this. Like if even one of the Ram chips goes bad on one of those boards, mm-hmm. they don't manufacture those anymore. They can't find them anymore. So right. the only place that you're going to find those is someone that has cannibalized another one for those chips. And yep. you're just, you're just rolling the dice that over time, like computer components and electronic components over time do degrade. And eventually ultimately, and these are all going to stop working. They're just not going to be able to be functional anymore, which is why I think you're going the right route. You're just, it's the same reason why like I genuinely believe in game preservation for these modern companies. It's why stuff like what Nintendo does really kind of frustrates me. Like, well, yeah, you, if, if it wasn't a popular game and they're just never going to preserve that game, you're never going to be able to play it again. So you're restricted to, I have the original NES card, but eventually I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to have, it's, it's two is going to stop working because it's just going to degrade because it's 60 years or 50 years old at that point. Well, the other, the other side of it too is a lot of the ROMs, you know, you're talking about old ROMs, you know, these are, you know, 12, 13 kilobyte ROMs, you know, but the problem is, is that over time ROMs degrade too. So if they, if you don't have that source code for the ROM, you can't do anything with it, which is why are, which I like arcade one up. Cause a lot, not all of them, but a lot of their games, they also obtain the original ROMs and then they clean those ROMs up. They go in and make it so that it looks good again, you know, looks good for modern equipment. And you know, like Gorf, when you play the original ROM of Gorf, whether it's on the machine or a rip of the thing, it's very washed out because it was designed for that CRT. Exactly. And now when I got it for the, on that Defender Partycade, it's very bright. It's very vivid, you know. So it's a, they cleaned it up and put it back on for LCD. Now, one of the problems, you know, you have when you put certain games on machines which is another gripe that people have is there are games that are vertical monitor machines and there are games that are horizontal monitor machines. 1942, 1943, those types of games. So the solution is, you know, you hear, you know, the, the thing for me is that I find solutions to problems every day at work. So I do it at home too. And my solution for the top down shooter games like 1942, 43, because those are my favorite types of games to play, you know, for a lot of, lot of spent time is I bought an, an at games pinball machine. Yes. I'm looking at that right now. It's a 32 inch pinball machine that comes with, I bought it with 125 games, you know, that I have access to. Um, But you can also buy a controller for it. So the, the controller sits on the top, and then it has a joystick, six buttons, and a trackball. And guess what? I'm going to play on that. I'm going to play all the scrolled top-down shooters on that. There you because, go. Because it's a vertical. It's a vertical, not a horizontal screen. The 23-inch screen is a horizontal. This one's vertical. So now I have access to a ton of pinball machines, and you can get more. You you buy them in your downloads, and they're digital pinball machines. And they, you know, they look great. You know, they look like they're, of course, people complain that they don't look totally authentic or the, or the ball doesn't have the, you know, rotation look to it, you know, because it doesn't reflect rotation, whatever. Whatever. You know? well, like, legitimately, 
I, it's a cool thing. I, I got a chance to see one. Like my local retro game store has one and I got to spend, cause you bought one. He's got a whole bunch of those, those uh, arcade one ups in his store, but he also had one of the pinball ones. And I wanted to see, I wanted to see what like the haptic feedback on the, on the flippers felt like. I wanted to see what it looked like in a game. And I thought it looked great. I mean, yep. you do recognize, I mean, you do need to suspend disbelief for just a moment. And recognize Absolutely. You, are, you are playing Absolutely. it as in a digital format, but it's probably the best digital format that I've ever seen pinball ever playing it the physics yep. seems completely correct the buttons feel right everything about it felt like i was playing regular pinball like it takes five seconds of getting into the game that all of a sudden you don't recognize that there's not an actual ball and there's not an actual flippers there right yeah. so so for the money that i paid you get 135 basically pinball machines that if i went out and bought those machines would cost me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars oh god yeah and then i can get you know the tatio machines which, you know, for 18 bucks, you're getting four machines right now. Anyway, you're getting four machines. You just download it and, you know, there you go. Now you got four more machines that you would cost you a four five, six thousand dollars at auction, you know, that you're you're now have at home and all in, all in one machine. Yep. And then, of course, I can put CoinOpsX on it, which I'm going to and I'll have my. I'll have my top-down shooters because I bought the joystick and button controller for that. And now I can play 1942 properly. I can play 1943 properly. I can play all those types of games that you need on that that uh, vertical. I can play Centipede on a 32-inch monitor, you know. Yep. Millipede, Centipede, you know, I don't know. You know, well, you got so, you got you got the um the what am I thinking? You got the golf one too. You got the uh, Golden Tee Golf too. Like, I did buy that. Centipede needs to be played with a trackball. Like legitimately, that's the right way to play that game. And and you know, on on the at games, you know, the the arcade, the Atari arcade that I have from Arcade One has a trackball ball, and it has Centipede, Millipede. Um, it, it didn't have Lunar Lander, which was disappointing. You know, because mm. that was a cool. It's a cool, you know, once in a while type game to play, you know, but that's where I, you know, going back to my original point in this, that's where I see the value in these. It's the games, not the cabinets, because if I want a cabinet that I want a specific way, I'm just going to build it. I'll buy the wood and I'll build it myself and I'll purchase the artwork from somebody that's a transfer that I can put it on, you know, but I don't need that. I could care less about artwork. I care more about having the games and you know, having access to the games, a game, a game I was playing last night was a game called birdie King, which I don't know. I don't remember where I played it, but I played pump tons and tons of quarters or whatever into it. And I still can't remember where I was playing. And I'm thinking it was at like a skating rink where my son would go to his grade school skate parties and stuff. Oh yeah. There's plenty of those games I have in my history. I'm like, all right, I got to kill two hours. What am I going to do? Yeah. So, so, but this one runs off a trackball, and it's kind of like, you know, golden tee where you, you know, you shoot the ball, you don't select tees in this, but it, the only way you can, you, you get three holes for, for your token. And then you add holes up to 18 holes by getting birdies. So, you know, it's a coin-op machine where, you know, they want you to feed quarters into the machine. And, you know, if you're good enough to get birdies, then you play longer and stuff. And that's that's the concept of the game. And I have all three versions of it on my at games machine. And it's just like, you know, for the price, I just got, you know, I got what I wanted. And, good, you know, good, along good. with, you know, this, this goes along with, you know, 40K. My, my son built, 
Um, I bought a tank and three three biker guys, and so my son built those for me because I didn't have time. So now I have those, and you know, it's kind of like that collecting side of games that you can play. It's like like X Wing, you know. I have boatloads, and I still buy X Wing stuff. It's not like I've given up on the game. I go out and I buy it as it's available, you know, and there's a collector side of it and a playing side. When my son moves back home, it's going to be great because we'll be able to play X-Wing and we'll be able to play all these games, you know, that I have in the house because, you know, why not? You yeah. Know, it's, it's a, I have, I have the fantasy flight Horus heresy, big, big box game Ooh. that I have, that I have never even, you know, clipped all the little tiny figures out of and stuff, you know? Yeah, so now I, him and, I tried to play it once, and yeah, it's a, it's one of those games, Sean. I'm like, sure you, you have to you have to spend like eight hours uh, a day it playing it to play it like three times before you know how to play it, and then it's yeah. great. But it's de- it, yeah. it is definitely one of those like event games, not a shall we play a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a, we are going to play Horus Heresy this weekend. Right. Yep. Well, it's like playing World of Warcraft, you know, the board game from Fantasy Flight. And they do a set of like, games like that, yeah, where it's like a big event. Like, the, the, the game the most famous for, Twilight Imperium, yes. uh, is that oh. as well. It's a, a full weekend event kind of thing. Yeah, they're epic games. You know, you're, you're, you're playing these big box games that when you get done playing it, you got your money's worth out of it. Yeah. You know, it's play, play it once of, and you've got your money's worth out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, a friend of mine. A friend of mine equates board games in the way of going to movies. You know what it costs to go to a movie. Yeah, I do. And same. you know, you know, spend. You know, so if you spend fifty dollars on a board game and you play it twice, but you had four people playing it, you absolutely got your money's worth out of it because you factor. You know, at the time it was ten dollars to go to the movie you know, buy your popcorn, you know, all of that. So if you played it with four people twice, that's $80 value that you got out of it. Yeah, I do the same kind of thing with, like, the Escape Room, the Exit games. You can get, like, 20 bucks Canadian. It normally yeah. costs between 20 and 25 to go to an Escape Room. So I just always have one on the shelf in case we have a fancy doing it. And then yep. you, you play it and you literally just throw it in recycling because... The exit series generally involves destroying part of the box or doing something to solve oh, it. Oh, I did not um, know that. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of different brands, but the exit one generally involves more destruction of the, like, the components come into the puzzles more often than not. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like it's like one the, of the games. That's like, that, the, that's, that's like the legacy games, too, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end my part of the of my uh, flight deck here but you know the one thing i really appreciate about it is you know i would rather go the as much of the legal route as i can yeah no i get that but but there are limits to it you know because you're you're limited to what is out there like my next game i have one more arcade machine coming i have two more coming i have the terminator 2 coming um from arcade yeah. one up You've and then I have their entire library at this point. <laughs> nah, I, I don't really. I, they have a big library. I don't have. I'll have seven, eight, nine, like nine of their library to this point. I have I arcade machine coming, which is the Dragon's Lair machine artwork. Um, 
and then it'll have Dragon's Lair, and you get like 11 free games, and then with them, you can buy games and download them and play them, but you can also play online against other people in some of the games. Um, so iArcade's pretty cool. And then the other one I'm going to plan on buying when it comes out is the NFL Blitz that Arcade 1-Up hasn't announced yet, but is coming because of spoilers, you know. Right. Because re- retailers can't hold on to secrets anymore. You know, they got to... They got to put secrets out into the world, but NFL Blitz is coming from Arcade One Up, so that'll be the next one, which will then bring in the 49-way joystick, which is awesome, because then maybe I'm hoping and praying that they'll make a Sinistar cab that I can buy that'll use the 49-way joystick, because that's the proper joystick for Sinistar, and then there's a few other games that uses the 49-way joystick too, so. You know, I, I everything with me is just I hope it's a step to the next, you know, bring out the 49 way joystick so I can get the, the cab with the game that I want that I can play properly um, with NFL Blitz, too, because that's such a cool game to play. And then, you know, and and I'm building an arcade in my basement. Right. So, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool, too, to once that's complete. Um you know, and then kind of have a feel of being kind of in an arcade. Not really, but kind of in an arcade. I don't know. It sounds like you're getting pretty close. <laughs> to be we'll honest see. with you, it sounds like you're pretty close. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. I'll try to, I'll try to make mine fairly quick. Um, I, I had a lo- I've, I've had an embarrassment of gifts uh, over the last two weeks plus uh, that all involve gaming in some way, shape, or form. Um, Chris, am I okay to talk about the first thing? Is that okay? You can edit this out if you don't. Do what you want, man. Well, I don't want to put you in a spot. I just want to make sure. I don't know what you're talking about, so just go for it. Well, I happen to have a box that showed up to my house the other day that was full of a bunch of Sisters of Battle, which was absolutely awesome. This was uh, the army that Chris was, uh, I had asked originally Chris to paint. Um, his stream and stuff has put him in a different direction, and he also doesn't want to paint a full army, and I totally get that. So he just ended up sending I don't it. have the time. Like, yeah, no, I, I, to- I, I did the same thing with Sean and the Rebels I was going to paint from as well. I just like... They've been sat hovering over me for too long, so I would much rather just get them off my plate by sending them to you than actually painting them. So yeah, whatever. everything showed up perfect. By the way, everything everything was perfectly fine. Everything showed up great. So I ended up now having like I've spent the last couple of days uh, going through and priming every single model that I had. So I primed my. I'm doing a zenithal highlight on all of mine. So I primed all of the models that I I got from my birthday which included a combat patrol and then i got all of these and i'm going through i still have a few more to go through i had some bases i'm still waiting to show up i had to go out and go out and get for bases for some stuff that was missing models but point being on tuesday i was able to go out and actually play play sisters on the table which was fantastic um but to continue on that trend today is father's day i you know my my kids got me stuff. They are currently not here. Um, my wife scheduled a vacation to go and visit her grandmother and didn't look at the calendar whenever she did it. So she got on an airplane yesterday to go to California with my kids and totally skipped the fact that it was on Father's Day. So she, I think she felt kind of bad about that when she recognizes that happened. I think that she gave me the gift of peace and quiet in the house. So I'm just saying. Last year, my Father's Day gift was Jill and Evie went and stayed in a, uh, a caravan for um, two nights and um, I didn't. I just had a weekend to myself. 
Yeah, exactly. Like there is a gigantic part of that. It's like, yeah, it's kind of nice. I get to do kind of whatever I want. I'm not really, like, it's the dogs are here. I've got to deal with them. But beyond that, that's it. Um, but they went out and got me a um, exorcist tank. So I now unironically own one of every single piece of armor that the Sisters of Battle can field from Rhino Emulator. I went out and bought myself a Castigator a while back, and then I got the uh, the Exorcist tank. Now to I'm going to be as soon as I'm done recording here, I'm going to let the dogs out. I'm going to start putting it together because I'm really looking forward to painting that. It's going to be fun. Uh, also, I'm waiting on paint to dry on models that I primed earlier today. So that covers the. And I also got a game in on Tuesday. Uh, I drug Chad out to the game store and got the. He got his. Um, for those who are paying attention to 40K in any way, shape, or form, um, the new Chaos Space Marines Codex is due out any day now. And his army isn't necessarily in that book. So to help satiate those uh, World Eater fans, like uh, White Wolf, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, white, he went out and got the White Dwarf, and it basically updated some of the World Eater units. Basically, it updated Karn and, and um, Corn Berserkers. Yeah. But he got cards and everything else with it, so he really, really, really wanted to get those on the table. So he ran, I'm not kidding, like 28 Berserkers against my sisters. So that was a fun. I actually got to get, get in and get some games in. So that was a ton of fun. On the, sec- on the flip side of this... Uh, I work for a fantastic organization. I absolutely love my job. And you know how sometimes with organizations, whenever you've worked for the company for 25 years, they go out and buy that guy a gold watch and send him on his way or that girl on their way. Thank you for putting your 25 years in. Well, my company doesn't do that. My company does does it on the five. So every five years, they have some type of big, we have a big celebration. They take everyone out to dinner. They do this all fancy kind of stuff. And then they buy people gifts for their years of contribution to the organization. So for my years of contribution, my company bought me a PlayStation 5, which is, I don't know how they got a hold of it. I don't know how they were able to find one, but currently sitting upstairs right now, there is a PS5 upstairs. So I went out and I also had a birthday and for work, they always give you a $50 gift card to somewhere for your birthday. They gave it to me to Amazon. So I went out and bought uh, Village, uh, Resident Evil 8 and Ghost of Tsushima off of Amazon with that card. So I've been playing some PS5 and Ghost of Tsushima recently on that. So that's been my that's been my gaming on the on the PS5. So it's an embarrassment of gifts that have been showered upon me over the last couple of, a couple of weeks. And I feel really guilty about it, but I'm also really enjoying it at the same time. Is it possible to do that both at the same time? You can feel how you feel, Ed. No one's going to tell you different. As long oh, as it's and not about X Wing. Well, I was just going to say, just going to bring up X Wing. I actually um, have plans uh, this week, going up to the games for this week, specifically to play a game of X Wing against uh, a friend of mine who I had not seen in a really long time at the game store. He's like, oh, you should go like, bring your X Wing stuff. So I blew the dust off the X Wing stuff, built a list, because he was like, Basically, what was going on is there were two games of X-Men going on at the game store after my game with uh, Chad buttoned up and he bailed out. We we're kind of hovering over the table, just kind of talking about rules and talking about how things had changed. And he's like, oh, I should bring my stuff up next week. I'm like, well, by all means, we'll sit down and get another game going. So I might actually, by this time next week have actually physically played a game of X-Wing on a table with real dice and real <laughs> in person. I think you'll like it. I honestly do. I think well, ever, ever once since you get it in back out in the game store, I think it's a different animal to playing on TTS. And it, I agree. it's the pure, like, I think I've been relatively vocal throughout the uh, existence of us doing stuff that I don't want to play stuff on. I, 
I don't want to play X-Wing on my computer. No, I want to I play computer games on my computer, and I want to play X-Wing with people at a, yeah. at a store. So, yeah. Considering it, our considering our group and our relationship, unfortunately, it, it's forced oh, that yeah. way. But yeah. Yeah, trust me, if it were up to me, we'd all live like within each other's backyards, and we'd just be playing in my garage every week. Well, you know, the border's open now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The border is open. We might have to consider something. In any case, so that's been my gaming experience. I've been doing some PS5 gaming, of course. I uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a ton of fun, but. You can also play all your old PS4 games on it too. So I've been playing Oodles of Bloodstain, which is the um, uh, spiritual successor to Castlevania Symphony of the Night with the same guy that developed that game, the same art and the same music from that same style. It's not exact. It's not an exact fit, but it's still a fun side-scrolling Metroidvania style game that I'm really enjoying as well. So like that's the two games I've been spending uh, the most time on. When I'm not painting sisters, I did finish my Rhino. I think I posted pictures of that in the Discord. And I've got five battle sisters sitting upstairs that I was getting ready to start until I opened my Father's Day gift. And now I'm going to set those aside so I can put together an exorcist. (laughs) And cry when I have to try to figure out how to get that into that crusade case. Because holy crap. (laughs) Get another one. It'll be fine. I might have well, even in that, like, even the emulator is so difficult to get into, like, the tanks getting into that, like, if it's a rhino chassis, it's fine, because it kind of levels off, but, like, the castigator, I can take the turret off, but things like the emulator, like, this big lady on the back with this thing on the top of her head, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get that into the case. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Here uh, I am complaining. I'm, I'm sure I'll have the same, same problems, but whatever. All right, so Chris... Come save us. Tell us you've done stuff exciting and interesting. I've done stuff that's exciting and interesting. Not for Yay! an X-Wing podcast, though. No, well, that's cool. <laughs> Luckily, it, it's not really an X-Wing podcast, is it? Come on. It, it, it's a self-indulgent... Uh, <laughs> the three of us catch up that... and record it. Whatever. It started off that way. Yeah, and we've um, had episodes we've dedicated solely to X-Wing. Oh, we spent a lot fun. of time talking about it. Um, so, yeah, kind of. I have been pretty busy. I've got a bunch of stuff at work. I, obviously, we were focusing on a Necromunda campaign. I was really enjoying playing that, but I've not even got to... I've got four models built and undercoated that I need to get my gang updated to be able to play, and they've been sat for like a month now, not done. So it's been a little bit crazy. With uh, The next thing I'm running at the store is going to be a Warcry, um, which is that Games Workshop's Age of Sigma skirmish-based game. Yeah, I'm running a Warcry narrative campaign uh, starting in July. Um, I haven't actually played any Warcry before, so I had to. I've had all the stuff for a while, but just never got it to a table. So I had to read all the rules for that, and then just figuring out what warbands to do. So I finally got around to rebasing my uh, well, mm. the Chaos Demon Army that I brought across from the UK. I painted like twelve years ago. I shipped it over. Um, it was all on square bases because it was built for like seventh and eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy. Yep. So then it changed to Age of Sigma, which is on round round bases, and I was gonna rebase it, but it took me about four years to get around to doing that. So like maybe it was before Evie was born. I kind of rebased this, and Evie's four now. But, <laughs> but then I, I because I ripped them off and put them on new bases, I hadn't put any basing material on. They were just sat in the display cabinet with just the plain black bases. I was like, well, if I use the Nurgle Demons for Warcry, it's a motivation to start like, doing the basing on them. So 
I started doing that, and then I realized that the Plague Bearers have since, when they changed to round bases, they went from 24mm square to 25, sorry, 25mm square bases to 25mm round bases. Since that time, they've been updated again to now be on 32mm round bases. Yep. I've already chopped them off square bases once, and the Plague Bearers have got like three toes that are tiny contact points to glue onto the bases. So that these models, and I've got 50 of them, will not survive being rebased a second time. Well, no, so, all right, so there are ways around that. What well, you should... I found um, an, a, a file to 3D print base rings. There you so, go. But I couldn't print a solid ring because they don't fit over the bent elbows of some of them. So I had to get them where they're in like two halves with an angle so you can glue them together. Yep. So I did all of that. Um, and then I finally went through and settled on my basing scheme. So it's in the Discord and the painting channel. I've got um, a bunch of my um, my Nurgle Warband for Warcry is finished. Um, all painted up, all based. I did cool, well, I think it's cool. I did cool swamp bases with like all of the different kinds of grass growing out of it. And like with some skulls bubbling away. I was just little... gonna say, did, you, did you crack into the GW skull pack to get some of those? I did buy the box of skulls. Um, I, I wanted to buy it just to say that I had a box of skulls at home. <laughs> uh, it's it fine. It's a good box. It's fine. Um, but then I play. I played two games of Warcry now. Um, my friend, um, well, the guy I'm working with, who's going to be, he's running the Necromunda campaign, so I'm going to run the Warcry one. Uh, we played a learning game at work on Tuesday, and uh, that was fine. It was like, uh, both our first actual games, and then I played again on Friday night uh, with John, my friend who came over from the UK to visit for his birthday. It was his 40th birthday on uh, Friday. Birthday, Jono. Not only listens Never. to the podcast, that's, you know. That's crazy. For, for his 40th birthday, he came to the US. And my 40th birthday, I went to the UK. It's interesting. It's Canada. But different. Uh, North well, America. all right. Fair, fair point. North America. You're um, right. I should, I should. <laughs> you don't own all of the world, Edward. Not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't really want to. He, he came out here so he wouldn't have to do anything. So like, I didn't really advertise it as a Jono's 40th thing. I just invited a couple of guys over to the store after it closed. And then I ordered like $100 worth of junk food. I had like pizza and fries and poutine and nuggets. And there you go. And we just like played some games of Warcry, drank, drank some like fizzy pop um, because I have to drive <laughs> back from the store. Um, oh yeah, played a second game of Warcry. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like the playstyle of Nurgle demons so uh -oh. i'm like oh, oh but i'll see if i can pivot onto something different probably but i'm also really enjoy painting them and i've got the army done so i i'll probably finish off doing all of the basing and everything um as a slow burn project uh, but i want them done by the end of the year so you can check back in in like december to see if i i finished that army off but there's a, a pile of my, my great unclean one. It's well, I'm not recording the video, but my great unclean one is in the background in the box. Um, and I've got a few other bits and pieces. So I'm going to have some of the human followers, which are all like horrible and disgusting, but, but cool. Good. Um, I picked up my Razor Crest, my four Z95s, my Z95s. 
um, <laughs> my rogue class starfighters that are all up here um, with the gauntlet still not opened because um, I've just not had time to actually play any X-Wing. I did. I bailed out on running the tournament yesterday. Uh, one of my friends um, ran it as um, I, the our club night tournament rather than an in-store tournament. So it meant I got to have um, a Saturday off. Evie went and stayed at um, my mum's house last night. So we went out for a meal. This was um, an, an interesting one. We went to um, Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual in uh, in Cochrane. And I've been before the food, so like really nice. It's one of the more expensive restaurants in Cochrane, but still like a franchise Ooh. one. Um, and I ordered, I was like, I'm going to do something different. I'll get a soup. So normally I'll get like the chicken wings or something for a starter or whatever, but I'll see what the soup of the day is. And it's like, oh, it's a, like a Thai chicken soup. So I ordered that and Jill and John both ordered onion rings for their starters. Their onions ring, onion rings came out and my soup didn't come. Mm. And about like, I'm going to say seven minutes later, I wasn't timing it. Because the, the guy came over and was like, sorry, soup's not here yet. I'll go and find out what's going on. And I was like, I hadn't even said anything, whatever. Um, so we went and got my soup. That was that was seven minutes ish, but it was okay. cold. Um, so I was oh, like, geez. I'm sure it's not supposed to be a gazpacho soup because like Thai Thai soup's supposed to be warm. So I was like, yeah. so I sent that back. Um, then they brought it out again. It was and it obviously just like heated up in the microwave, which was fine. Uh, I wasn't like I didn't bother me at all. So I started eating that. Jill and John had finished their starter, and then all the mains arrived. I was like. Well, I've literally taken like one spoonful of my soup. <laughs> so then, because I'd got a soup for a starter and I was going to have the sticky toffee pudding for dessert, I'd only ordered the plain, like the standard burger and um, some parmesan and garlic fries. Ooh. Um, and then the fries were like tepid and the burger was kind of was ch- overcharred. And because it did, normally I get like the barbecue burger where it comes with onion rings and bacon and the barbecue sauce, which is like, oh, yeah. that's a really nice flavor to it. Or you, you know, one of the themed burgers where there's flavor. So all it was, it tasted just like the cardboard cheapest Walmart burger that's been burnt mm. and my fries were cold. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to complain a second time. I'm just going to eat some of it. I'm going to have my sticky toffee pudding and everything will be fine. I feel so, I feel a uh, permanent so, foreshadowing coming. So <laughs> we finished up our meals, and then they came with it like dessert. Uh, we don't have any sticky toffee pudding though. Oh, I was like, oh, are you? I was just, I was so defeated. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh man, and I. And it was like everyone else's food was fine. You know, it was fine. It's just all of the things happened to me. And I was like, oh. oh. My, oldest, my oldest daughter has a curse whenever we eat out. Whatever it is, for whatever reason, something's always wrong with her food. Either something that she asked for to not be on there is on there, or something she asked to have on there is on. Whatever it is, we had one meal. I remember going to a chain restaurant where they forgot to bring her food out. So you do the polite thing where everyone kind of waits and we waited and we waited. And then the waitress came back. I swear to you 20 minutes later to check up on us, to drop our check off 
And I'm like, we haven't even eaten yet. She hasn't gotten her food yet. Now all of this is cold. Can you please start again? Yeah. Like legitimately, like, I don't know what it is about poor, my, my poor oldest daughter, but like every time we ever go out somewhere, she's always the one that something happens to. Yeah. I guess that was your role to, that night. Uh, it was, it was just weird. And I, it's not even that I wouldn't go there again. If you know what I mean? It wasn't that yeah. like, the service was fine. Uh, the, the guy was really nice and polite and everything. And I, I expect the soup and the onion rings were all ready at the same time. And then the soup cooled down, you know, whatever. Like, I'm mm-hmm. under, an understanding person. It's fine. It was just like, oh, I want the only reason I, the only thing from the entire menu I was looking forward to was my sticky toffee pudding. Yeah, at that it, point, that's the only cool. thing you had to look forward to. Well, it was not even that. It's like, if, if I'd have known at the start that they didn't have it, I would have ordered a different main course because I wasn't going to have a dessert. So I wouldn't have ordered the smaller burger. Oh, you know, it's so all like I see tears. Yeah. yeah, you're I, I trying to build the, an entire yeah. experience. I yeah, gotcha. I would have got the chicken wings, and then I would have got like a steak sandwich or something, mm-hmm. uh, and that would have all been fine. But yeah, so next time I go, um, well, Joe's per uh, Joe's dad likes it in there as well. It's definitely um, a a UK pub food, but just a little bit better because it's American um, like <laughs> steak kind of thing. Um, so generally, whenever people come visiting from the UK, if we go there, they like it. Yeah, that makes but sense. It's, but me and Jill would never go there, just the two of us. Do so. they have Guinness on tap? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably. Surely. Places. Why wouldn't places have Guinness on tap? Well, not everybody does. That's I why I was know. asking. Well, because you should know this already, but most people might. Well, most of our. We have a large quantity of UK, so maybe most of the folks you do know this, but Guinness on tap is different than regular beer on tap. They, they have to. It has to be done differently. So most places just don't do it because it's more expensive. Oh, most place, places in America don't do it. Right. I, I would say, I don't think I've ever been in a. Play a pub in the UK that didn't serve Guinness on tap, but and it's served warm. Yeah, no, there's there's a di- there's two different types because you the there is a, a one where it's like extra cold or something. I can't remember. I don't I don't drink Guinness yeah. anyway. It's fucking garbage. Neither did I. But I was in the UK. I wanted to be part of the experience. I was watching <laughs> a football game. I was watching Liverpool. In so, you, a pub. so you should have been drinking Carlsberg. Well, I didn't know that at the time. The bartender you, you told should have been drinking after. the shittiest lagers imaginable. You you don't even go in a pub. You go to a corner shop, get a four pack of like the cheapest lager imaginable, and then you I've... throw the empty cans at the TV when your team concedes the goal. Easy. Okay. Or maybe that's just that. the poor poor parts of the UK I'm from. I don't. Did we talk about the the fish and the 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 chips and the the paper thing on on the show we or not. Do, we definitely talked about it on air, yeah. As I said, if it was talked about on air, so after I had that conversation, because this all brought it up, I went to talk to my wife, I made you laughter, like, did you see any of that? And she's like, no. She's like, Apparently it's all over the place. Like, especially where we were like in um in Scotland, like especially where we were in Scotland, like it should have been everywhere. She's like, I didn't see that at all anywhere. I didn't see people walking around with it, nothing. But I believe you. I genuinely believe because you live there, you will know. But I, I swear to you, I just didn't see it. Uh, anyway, you know, um, yes, yeah, so I've done, done. I've done some painting. Not enough. I've been. I've actually been doing a bunch of. Like I said on the last show, I think 
um, business plan, like website, yep. Um, yep. trying to review all these games and everything. I've been doing, I'm just so busy with all of that at the minute and kind of doing a lot of work and stuff that it's it's been really weird and awkward trying to balance that with doing fun stuff. So I I feel like I'm losing the battle, but then... Um, did I mention Horizon Zero Dawn on the last one? I can't remember. No. I thought you yeah. did. Did he? Yeah. I may have missed that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you I've, talked about it, the reveal. Mm. Yeah. So I've been playing. Yes, yes. So I got the board game because I've got. So I bought the video game because I've got the board game. I've been really enjoying playing that, but I've I had to stop playing because I was playing that, and that takes time, and I need my time to do all the other things. <laughs> so I have yeah. literally done nothing. I don't want it. This isn't like a a wine. I just feel like I've done nothing fun for the last two weeks. It wasn't like going and doing stuff with John or doing stuff with Eva. You know, it's all been like I have to allocate X amount of time to fun with these people because they came to do stuff. Or like, yeah. um, I don't want to neglect Evie and um, be like Cat Stevens. Uh, that Cat Stevens <laughs> song. Uh. Cats in the crew. All right. <laughs> So this is pre-game corrections. We were talking about the title of the show. Chris recommended because we were doing it on Father's Day. You should do Cats in a Cradle. And for the my entire life, maybe I, I I've often been fascinated by the concept of people having the Mandela effect because I swear, like every Mandela effect I've ever seen or heard or talked about. I even saw a whole bunch when I saw one this morning on Star Wars where people the Mandela effects from Star Wars. I'm like, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Luke, I've never I am been your a father. Yeah, no, it's no, I am your father. My point being is I've never been a victim of it. Every time I've ever seen someone I'm like, no, it's Berenstein, not Baron, like, like that's that, or Berenstein, not Berenstein, it's Berenstein, not Baron, whichever one the correct one, I can't remember off the top of my head, I'm, I'm folding under pressure. My point being is up until today, I had never had my own Mandela effect until Chris brought this song up and I went, oh yeah, Cat Stevens sings that song. And both Chris and Sean were like, nope, that's not true. Who is it again? Um, Harry Chaplin. Harry Chaplin. Harry, yeah, Harry, yeah. That name has never registered in my brain. That song has been sung by Cat Stevens or my entire life, as far as I've known. I can't believe I've not known that correct. So I had my own Mandela effect today. Yeah. The stupid thing is, you asked me if I'd heard the um, Ugly Kid Joe. Ugly it? Kid Joe. So, you know, that version is 30 years old now. Oh. Oh, good God. Are 1992? No. Are you I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have information in front of me. This is all off the top of my head. But I'm guessing that's around 92, Mark. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> After America's Least Wanted Album, 1992. Good God. That means I'm really old. <laughs> oh so God. like when we say cats in the, there's an apostrophe in the one in the, in the title for this show for ugly kid joe there isn't one because there's multiple cats in a cradle for their one. Oh, and fair point in the original it's just a cat who owns a cradle fair point <laughs> and there it is right there apparently yeah. johnny cash remade it in 89 too i did it's not know three, that eight, that's even older going far far back yeah. i know right <laughs> anyway, so there, there was Ed Mandela. It's the first time I've been a victim of it. Legitimately, I swear to God, it was Cat Stevens. Anyway, yeah, let's so talk. I, ha having not wanted to um, relive the experience of that song and become my father in that way, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because 
I, I, I definitely want to make sure that I get to be doing stuff with Evie. So I've done yep, lots of agree. playing. Um, I got the, um, we already painted um, Pinkie Pie for the WizKids My Little Pony miniatures. Mm-hmm. So we, I picked up the rest of the main six, which when Jill said, I was chatting to her, Jill yesterday and said, oh, I saw it was the, the main six. Uh, and I was just like, that's not spelt right. I was like, it spelled like a horse's mane. Yeah. Oh my it's god. It's a main six. Oh yeah. my god. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but my my level of my little pony knowledge is quite high now. Yes. <laughs> um so we but, we're gonna paint rarity next, which is white, and I think it's blue if you think to her is purple. So like we're gonna have disagreements on that. But um, yeah, so are and so we know where the split between Evie and Chris comes, where Cats in the Cradle comes true for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's over the main color of a horse. <laughs> yeah. Of rarity. She is the yeah. poshest of horses. She's a oh unicorn, to be exact. Because there's Earth Ponies, which will be Applejack and Pinkie Pie. And then at the start, uh, you have two unicorns, which will be Twilight Sparkle and Rarity. But Twilight Sparkle becomes a princess of happy, of friendship herself. So she becomes an alicorn, which is a horse that has both wings and a horn and denotes them being a princess in the My Little Pony universe. And then there's two <laughs> Pegasus Ponies, which would be Fluttershy and Rainbow Dash. I mean, they don't have horns, but I'm no, only remembering. Yeah, they just are. But I'm only remembering they're from D and D. Like I will thankfully say, not thankfully. I guess it would have been kind of cool if they had their own kind of thing. My girls never got into to My Little Pony in any way, shape, or so form. So the reason you should want them to be into My Little Pony is because it is D and D. Like there's oh, yeah, uh, one no, of the episodes is um, fight. Like one of the episodes is uh, about the un- ancillary cast of the show. Just going about their day, and in the background there is a story about them fighting like a bugbear, but it's like a, it's not a bugbear that looks like a bugbear from D and D. It's a bear that looks like a bug. Right, they're, <laughs> they're like, using the name. Yeah, like they they but it, they twist it all, and then there's episodes where Spike and um, <laughs> plays they actually play D and D. So they like they play role playing games with a D twenty. It's really good. It's like, and the game the game that you're talking about the miniatures from that it's basically like D and D light for kids. There is a My Little Pony get a uh, role playing game. Yeah, um, Friendship is Magic uh, role playing game. Oh, good, yeah. good for you. I like. I I wish that they had gotten maybe done that. Maybe I guess I don't know. Every picture I see of this horse or this pony, I apologize. <laughs> online show some purple mane just so we're on so it is purple so you think it's purple i i I don't know i have zero like legitimately i went rarity in in my little pony in google and i've got a dozen pictures and all of all of them have a purple mane i'm not saying i'm right or wrong i I thought it was a deep blue so i mean now that you've said that i mean Ultimately, it's Evie's model, so it's going to get painted whatever color she wants. So. Right, exactly. I mean, let's see. It must say what color. So she... I do see a CGI one that is more blue than purple. I don't know. Is there a CGI cartoon? For, is like, is that the current oh, cartoon maybe. for it? 
But it'll be fine. We'll we'll find it. We'll do a bluey purple and it'll be fine. The fact that we've devolved into a discussion on rarities. Well, what we'll do is we'll run a poll for what people prefer. Would we rather have more 40k talk or more My Little Pony talk? And see which one wins. Oh, you you know the bronies are going to win. Chris, this just got worse because I just found one that's got is purple with blue highlights. Yeah. So, like, if you were highlighting, <laughs> here, I will go ahead and put this in podcast crap for you so that you can see. Like, I totally get it now. I totally see where your perspective is coming from. I'm not going to put that in painting. I'm not going to embarrass myself on that one. I will put that here. So, like, oh, it's dear. legitimately, it is purple with blue highlights. I totally get it. I see where your perspective is coming <laughs> in. And, the, and the, the ultra highlights on them are very light, like sky blue. I totally I'm, get I'm looking forward to your, uh, your Google history. <laughs> what did Jill get me on you? I was she asked me to Google something. I was looking it up, and it was like I, it just I put like a C in, and it just comes up with Cochrane ballet classes from when I was looking for like ballet classes for Eva, and she's like, "Yeah, you're such a fucking loser." <laughs> like, yeah, man. I, I mean, I need to. So when I die, you need to delete my search history and then just search for porn. Yeah, please, please, someone just search for boards so they can clear this up. <laughs> but, yeah, All right, on, on that note, is there anything else you want to cover before we actually cover some actual X-Wing? <laughs> no, I think we could do some X-Wing. We should be fine. All right, so we have two things that we want to cover today on the X-Wing actual topics. The first thing is we got to talk about worlds. I think we actually have, uh, so I've not seen the official announcement. I've only seen some of the chatter behind it. So Chris, I'm going to defer to you on this and what the oh. official hubbub about this is, all is. Cause to me, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but maybe I'm wrong. It's not so much that it's a big deal, but it's if, uh, on the June 16th, uh, they did a post just saying, we are happy to announce our partnership with Adepticon to host the world championships for Star Wars Armada, Star Wars Legion and Star Wars X-Wing. Join us from March 22nd to 26th, 2023 for these events. More details to come. For more information on Adepticon, please visit www.adepticon.org. Right. Yep. Cool. I, so it's not like FFG is... So I can kind of get the purity of it. Legitimately, I understand it. If there is any pushback on this. A... FFG is still technically under the uh, Asmodee umbrella, and if they wanted to, they could probably go to them and see if they could use the event center to do it's this. It's not theirs anymore. FFG but doesn't have any. Oh, that's it's right. That's center. right. That's so, right. Oh, so I've the, forgotten about that. So, Chris, I saw your post on this on Facebook, and yeah. I kind of laughed while I was reading it because I could just see the angst of everybody reading it just grow around your post because. <laughs> It was a good post. No, I mean, it was a very valid and very, you know, a very good post when it comes to the post FFG, you know, dealing with X-Wing. You know, the 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 biggest thing that it was always about worlds, I think, for most people was the getting together with friends that you only see once a year at worlds. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to Fantasy Flight, which was just a great environment. You know, the game store, food. The, the, you know, big hall that they had to play the games in, the being able to play when you're not playing board games with your friends. And, and all of that was just kind of what made Worlds special. You know, that's what made Worlds Worlds more so than the actual games you played. 
It was everything and around it. It's an interesting one for me, because like we watch, we grew with X Wing, and and watched it grow. I, I yep. the first one I was at was twenty fifteen. I want to say, um, were like it was still. Like Netrunner and X Wing would like jointly the big games that had yep. different days. Yeah, well, it, it, but it was still it was, FFG it would World. Start on Wednesday. Yeah, it would start on Wednesday, not Thursday or Friday. And then it got to a point where they split off the card games and the Star Wars games. Yep. Uh, no, it was Star Wars and it was miniatures games, isn't it? Because Rune Wars was in with the Star Wars one, I believe. Or, Oh, am I wrong on that? I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember. I, don't I remember. feel like they split no, Star Wars. No, it was Star Wars and other than the other games. Right. Rune Wars was with Netrunner yeah. and stuff. Yeah, sorry, I right. was wrong. Yeah. Um, and I, that was exciting because it was the growth of... Like, X-Wing was weeding that growth. And yeah, yep. you had Imperial Assault and you had Armada as ancillary games around that event, but it was mm -hmm. the numbers that X-Wing was drawing that pushed it into needing to be its own thing and and it was like cool to see and then like going to legion and everything as well um facilitating more space kind of pushed it over again and then you got to a point where it was at the last world championships it, was it 2018 now are we pushing for 18 years? or it was i think yeah. it was 18 or 19 whatever they ended up doing one it was still in uh minnesota but it was in an external venue wasn't it which, which is to me is where this leads to is that the last worlds that FFG did wasn't at the event center. Yeah, it was at at a at an auditorium or some some place like that, and so it was and already changing. It was actually changing it, by that time. I think. And if you remember, if you remember the chatter at the time, one of the big problems people had was the limited number of people that they would accept into worlds. And the problem with that was the amount was the venue was they only yeah. had so much space. So we had had conversations at that time of like it's a natural progression that they need to move the location. Yeah, and that's I, why I don't. That's why I don't understand the big deal about this. Well, so this isn't a big deal about it at all. It's literally, this is more of me just wanting to talk about my feelings and all of that. I understand. But like, but was, I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings. I get it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but like, I, I, I get it, and I know that that progression from the event center to an external venue like, that probably lost money. If I had to get, I, I, I do not have factual information either way, but my expectation is that Worlds was a loss leader at that point when it was being held internally it was probably marginally profitable not like it was a blip on the radar i would expect it to have been a blip on the radar but in the other direction once it went to an external event probably although i'd i'd push the argument that the fact that the store was there and the restaurant was there at the game center they probably made higher profits on those days to kind my, of my guess out. i do think for the game center it was profitable but for oh, yeah. fantasy because the game center and Fantasy Flight actually didn't coexist in the same space. Right. As far it's as different. It's goes. different business balance business sheets, business. isn't it? What, yeah. The business it's of the game center is really yeah. But yeah. like from the parent company, yes, the day made money, but it wasn't. It's not something like you know, It's not running a game store, and if you take away the two weeks before Christmas. Yeah, that uh, it, it's a oh cool. Well, that's a slightly quieter Tuesday than normal. 
right. kind of. But when you're when you're looking at that whole business piece, the yeah. amount of staff that they had there, you know, for the filming, the people doing the play by play, you know, you had the the big names, the big players in the in the uh, in the games who were developing the game. So you had to pay. I'm sure you had to pay staff. Plus, for parts of it, you know, you were if you worked for them, you were a contract employee. So, you know, the first time when I did it, I will say this, when I did it in 14, they were still giving out the credit. So it wasn't, I wasn't paid cash. I was paid in store credit. Yeah. Which is effectively free for them. Yes. There's no beating around the bush. If I can ever pay people in store credit for buying stuff, even at Century Box, it's a lot more profitable for the store. So whatever. But yeah, I, I, I get that that growth was necessary and, I think that the attendance of that event was probably not enough to push it into being a big money-spinning thing. And then, given where we are now of attendance, I understand why it has to get wrapped within the blanket of a convention. Because it it, it doesn't have the draw for you to be able to rent a venue now. And here's the thing, though, that the other thing that people didn't realize is that you had the system open was at at that event. It was at Adepticon for a while. So when they were doing their system opens, that was at Adepticon. Yeah, U.S. Then, Nationals, yeah. well, U.S. Nationals world moved to Novacon. Yeah. So so when you look at it, they were already moving that way for their larger events anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, for the purposes of AMG running worlds, I 100% am behind this, and I support yeah. it. I think it's a really good idea. It yep. doesn't stop me being sad about what we've lost. No, and but I agree. The, that part, uh, I 100% agree. The, with. the stupid thing is, we lost this three years ago. It, it's only now that it swammed in my face that we lost it. Right. right. If COVID not, hadn't been a thing, we would have noticed this much sooner. Uh, what I, I view, what well, I view sure. we lost, Chris, was the hot tub. Yeah, not, but that's why, <laughs> how long have we been talking about once the world reopens and us getting together and doing our little like, lack of focus meet up there? And that's yep. why, because that's what I'm talking about and that's what I'm missing, that part of yep. it. Yes. Whereas so, in, I, it, so, yeah. so really, really quick, have either of you guys been to Adepticon before? No. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've been once. So... Adepticon in Schaumburg, Illinois is a very, very good event. And um, I've been there once myself, um, and I would definitely go back for a Worlds event, like to go try to play in Worlds, you know. But we'll have to see what leads up to Worlds 2023, what the events are that get you there. Right, the qualifiers. Um, Yes, but I would definitely go back there because, well, for, for one selfish reason, for two selfish reasons and one just you know being able to be there if you guys went i would definitely do my best to go for that weekend um you know because we could get a room and you don't have to get a room at the hotel you just gotta be up early to park close if that makes sense you know because there's a holiday inn something or other nearby that you can you know rent and you know do that and the other selfish you know it's only eight hours for me to drive there so that's really good but the other thing is is that there's an ikea right next door to that area too, so I would pick up my Ikea crap to bring home. So, but just meatballs uh, and one dollar hot dogs. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would go there for. Are they the are they IKEA hot dogs still a dollar in the US? Because like we're a dollar hot dog here, and it's a pound for a hot dog in the UK in the IKEA. Sir. So is it just the the one of whatever local currency it is hot dog? Is that a IKEA? I, I don't. Or? I haven't. I haven't been there. I haven't been to an IKEA in a while. I've so been to an IKEA in a know. long time, so I genuinely don't know. I can't yeah. answer that. One. So that's a second I, I question for show notes. I, I will be going there soon because I want to pick up another display case and there's one in Kansas city and I have a new vehicle. So it's a bigger vehicle so I could actually bring more back and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I don't, so this is going to sound really weird now because obviously I do this. and It's all kind of strange, but I don't think I'm a kind of, I'm not a con person. I like going to a tournament is okay. I can kind of handle it because I'm there for a purpose and transitioning that to doing like doing gamma is a show, but I'm going there to work. I, I don't think I would ever, if I didn't do dice, Hey, I would never go. Gen Con doesn't interest me. Adeptcon never in cause it, it's too much. I don't like, I don't like people. I don't like, so, so like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, anything. well, I'm gonna throw Adepticon out. It's Adepticon is different. It's not a con. Adepticon, they call it Adepticon. Yeah, have the con uh, it is. A, it, it's a miniatures it's, gaming tournament thing. It's all it is. You know, you're going that, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. You're you're doing. You're you're there to game. You know, or you're doing the paint stuff. Or you're yeah, doing, like, I. But so what? Like, I should go, and I would enjoy it if that makes any sense at all. You know. Yes. Yeah. I, it's just yeah. never been something that's been a priority for me, um, because I kind of stepped back from wanting to do big competitive X-wing events. Um, I never had the motivation to go, so it will be strange. It being worlds will make next year will be an actual real decision for me. Um, but like, Adepticon it, has like you were at Nova. You remember what Nova felt like, right? Yeah. Adepticon it's, is a smaller, to me, a smaller version of Nova. Yeah, smaller. So yeah. Nova's bigger than Adepticon. I don't yeah. know if it's bigger. I'm, I'm talking about just that's how it felt to me because I've yeah. been to both. You know, okay. Because okay. because Nova had the huge hall that had X-wing in one side and a ton of other games in other side, but then they had other event rooms that were doing the 40k tournaments and all the other stuff yep so that felt bigger just because it was more spread out right. i think the adepticon space is bigger than nova's space overall but yeah. you're not just you know you're not just getting um how do you put it you're not just getting play space i think there was like if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong there were like vendors there too you yeah know, stuff but they were um, vendors specific to that particular, like miniatures gaming kind of thing. Right, so like how right. Greenman Design was sitting there out yeah. at Nova, you'd have something very similar to to that at, at a Right, right. Yeah. They and do a really good job. They really do. And, and oh, Nova oh. is just spread out throughout that hotel where Adepticon is one giant hall. And then all the vendors are out in like the, the entryway of the hall. Yeah. So, so... Well, I'll, I'll be talk, honest. We'll with talk you. about it. I'll, I'll, I've, like I said, I have to. My first priority at the moment is actually sorting out the the business side of Dice Hate before I look at doing anything like that. Anyway, yep, because yep. I I doubt I'd want to go as a player because 
I can't. I just don't want to be that person. I can't. I don't enjoy it anymore. Well, so, that might, that decision might be made for you if they have specific qualifiers for how you get in there in the first place. Oh, you true. might not I mean, be able to go. You might not be able to go in as a player as I mean, much true. as you like to. Oh, I mean, uh, listen, Ed. I could qualify <laughs> for world as a player if I so chose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm glad his... that the people can't see my face because I'm not doing the video for this one. But yes, <laughs> that was not a serious discussion. But you, but you know what I mean. I'm sure there will be something because well, maybe we won't. Maybe it will be invite only. I I don't I don't know that I care. Not in a um a negative sense. As in, sorry, I I don't know if I mind. That's probably a, right. the correct that's, yeah, way of putting it. It it. Yeah. Because I don't plan on going, it has no bearing on me at all. So I don't really hold an yeah, opinion. The, the, one way, the or way Chris, if you if you did decide to go, my suggestion would be you drive down to my house, stay overnight. We go together, you know, and we do all that together. Ed would probably have to fly in because I don't know how far you are from Chicago. It's like a it's like a twelve or fourteen hour drive. I would fly. Yeah. yeah. So then we would just pick you up at the airport and. We have transport, good transportation. We have, you know, if you wanted to go do other stuff, it's mm -hmm. easy, easy to do. Um, so it's it's just you know the, that cost benefit analysis Chris would have to. Do. Yeah, like, what I, I need to do is sort out exactly. Like that's the thing that I would no longer be talking to AMG. I'd have to talk to Adepticon, which is a big change for me. Like whereas in before, I would have emailed the people at um, FFG about yeah. like, a press pass and all of that now it would be like well it's an adepticon event now like, i can't imagine there's going to be amg employees running it it will be an it'll external it'll be windy city if it's still the same group that did before you might have an in route that you don't even know oh it's fine i i'm not overly concerned like well no yeah. i'm just, legitimately i'm just saying isn't that where dion and the rest of his group are from like i would assume yeah. that gold squadron would be there they, and, and I'm sure they wouldn't want to go. Oh yeah, come and bring your your cameras in and steal all of our. <laughs> Not that that wasn't. If I so, hundred percent disclosure. If I went to Adepticon, I wouldn't just cover X Wing anyway. I'd be going to do yeah. all of the, um, all of the other side of it. Because again, I I see all of the the North American side of it from when I do the trade show for Gamma. So I I have completely separate this isn't yeah this isn't the way you, i expected this conversation go, but i have enough ends with high level people in enough different parts yeah. of the different industries that if i choose to do it i'm sure i can get a way in but yeah. uh yeah but but the thing is but the thing is is that Adepticon is bolt action. It's you know I don't, I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure 40k because oh, oh absolutely Adepticon was built on 40k just to run the same okay. page. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know you know so you could cover some 40k. There's, you know, there's a decent so chance stuff. that if I wanted to, I could probably get um Wallard to pay me to be the photographer there. Like possibly, yeah. I, well, the, there's a, enough different things, like different irons in fires. But again sorting out the business side of it first is what's going to open right. those doors as i worked uh, so the current profit and loss that i was working on for my business report is i think income wise the dice hate may i mean i have no problems talking about this fyi because 
it's all all of the income is me actually doing work not like youtube <laughs> revenue don't you worry like my youtube <laughs> revenue was probably a hundred dollars in the last three years but um the income from dice hey in 2021 for my tax return i think was about 17 grand uh my expenditure was like 26. Ooh, that's a tax write-off for you Ouch. yeah so i uh, yeah sorting that out and getting everything where it needs to be there is slightly more important than do i get to go to adeptcon to talk about miniatures so, i agree you know yeah, what i, I mean, find all the patrons at the end ed that's yeah, that's why because that, that shortens why. that gap yes much much yep. shorter uh, the last thing i would like to say on the like legitimately they always do side events events oh, like yeah. that. so like if you yeah. don't get into the big one you still want to go there even for the x-wing side of it um by all means you should i genuinely consider signing up for some of the the side events myself i legitimately have all right this is i didn't talk about this in my gaming side of this i'm beginning to feel that itch and that burn chris because boiling underneath this cool calm exterior there is a competitive player that just brews down in there. Now it's, I, it, I've stamped it out in X-Wing. I only play X-Wing for fun. I only do it for enjoy, enjoyment, but I have been paying attention way more to competitive 40 K in the last two months than I had probably the last five years. So there is a part of me that would like to have my sisters fully painted and ready to go in March to be able to go to Adepticon to play them. At Adepticon. So, so, and and there's the thing, Ed. You know, with Adepticon, um, with it with Adepticon, like I'm I'm not interested in going to play any games. I'm interested just to go to Adepticon. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Know? Yeah, because it's a good event overall. No, it's just to get of... out of the house. You know, well, for me to get out of the house. It's post COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, still in COVID times, but you know the the post COVID concept. And just going and watching, you know, I'd love to go and do the painting stuff, you know, to learn yeah, how to paint. And because they do a lot of stuff, it's not just tournaments. There is a lot of, you know, there are companies that come in and do demos. They do that big, giant, uh, uh, it's a big, humongous table setup where they do like pirate ships, you know, and they ring the bell at certain times and do battles with it. And there's just a lot of stuff that goes on there. Plus yeah, the and vendors, if you and know. if you're going there to play in an event, you miss all of it. All of it, because you're you're in a room with 200 other sweaty nerds just like you, and yep. you're, you're you're dedicating nine to 15 hours to to playing a game, and then going and eating and no. sleeping and getting up and doing it again the next day. I agree. I, I genuinely, I, I, I can totally see that. Acknowledging that we are different people, Ed, so that's okay. I I don't think that competitive 40k is what you want it to be anymore because i you can say i and i agree i understand the sentiment that you're expressing but i feel like getting to play one game a week at the local game store against the friendly faces at the game store like you you can go and play in a competitive event you will not be a competitive player I would completely agree with yeah. that sentiment and thought process. I wouldn't be going in the hopes you all right, if you've not played in a competitive of anything, like if you're if you're good at your local game store at X-Wing or you're good at your local state game store at Crisis Protocol or, or or whatever, and you feel like you've got the chops to be able to go and play in some of these large national events, 
and you haven't played against that level of competition, you can't go into an event like that with any levels of expectation. I'm not. It's, it's just it's the... more along the lines of getting that taste of it. Like like the very first big event that I went to for X-Wing, I went to a regionals and I ended up in the top tables with Paul Heaver playing directly beside me as I was playing mine. I wasn't expecting to do as well as I did. The fact that I made it as far as I did at my first regionals, I was happy. I had no expectations going into that. I just wanted yeah. a taste of it to see what it was like. Yeah. And it's, just, I know for myself, like, well, I'm 40 next year. I don't know <laughs> well, that I would have the patience to play with people who didn't want me to have fun because they wanted to win. Yeah. Well, see, and that's why that's why for me it's I wouldn't go, I wouldn't sign up for any events. I would try to get the Yeah. The I'm in the same Sean's you know. camp here. Yeah. Yeah. I would go just to go to see people, you know, because you know that Paul Heaver's gonna be there, you know. Yep. All the big names are gonna be there, so you can reconnect with those people. Yeah. I know there's an angsty side of all of this and all no, that, which is I fine, mean, you know. At the but, events it wouldn't be. But I would it, bring board games in the in the vehicle so that I could play board games with people, maybe buy board games there if people have them. Uh, hopefully, like, Grex would be there so I could talk to them about, you know, getting some some stuff. And, you know, that that's that's why I want to go is because I just like that community environment. I do miss that. You know, part of missing being a TO is the community aspect of it. Yeah. I truly miss that. But I don't miss being a TO. I don't miss having to prepare my, my obsession with preparation, my obsession with having to have everything run exactly the way that it has to, the stress that comes with all that, you know, I don't, I don't want all that. What I want is I just want to go and have fun, you know, play, play board games, you know, walk around, eat the crappy food that's there, you know, and then go to Nova open and do the same thing. If I could afford to do that in the same year. I guess that's, I what some of my fondest memories of X Wing was always the all right. There's a store championship in Ohio this weekend. There's a store championship, you know, three hours away. We're all going to get in the car. We're all going to get up. Like some of that stuff. And again, playing the event is always fine and good. But some, you're right. It's the community built around that. It's the the in the car with your friends kind of thing and hanging out with your buddies. But it was all tied in around like, oh, how'd you do in your last one? Okay, you're two and zero. Oh. All right, so. I'll, we drove three hours to play against each other. <laughs> kind of, kind so of thing. This touches on a, an article I want to. I probably want to do a written article. I'm not really sure what medium I want to do it, but I've got this thing bubbling away for a piece of content about that exact thing that you just said. Like, if you're at a tournament and I ask you, "Oh, how was your last game?" If your response is, oh, "I won," or "Oh, I lost," that's not what I asked you, is it? Right. Did right. you have fun? Right. Did you enjoy Did you enjoy it? it? Yeah. Yeah. I was your opponent. Uh, did, your opponent did you like? win your last game? It was fun. You didn't ask my question, did you? How was your last game? Uh, right. Iowa. So really uh, quick, I'm looking at I'm on Adepticon site real quick. No, so yeah. they have four, 40k Age of Sigmar, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Armada Legion, and X Wing. Um, let's see, Song of Fire and Ice, Bolt Action, Bushido, Dungeon Bowl, Gaslands Refueled, Infinity, Middle Earth. Grand tournament, uh, Stuper Bowl, uh, yeah, 14, you, you know, there'll be Underworlds events. There's, I, it's massive. The, the number of things that they do, and that, that's great. That's why it's good. And because you know, bringing it back to the original topic, um, you know that the event is in safe hands if you've given it to Adepticon because that's their entire shtick 
Like yep. Adepticon is the premier ga- miniatures gaming um, yep. like tournament convention thing. Like, that's all what it is, and it, it, it's yeah. obviously it's grown into more, but that's what its foundation is. So I, I have no issues in that side. There's just that little bit of realization that the thing I liked is gone now, and that's yeah. not right. That I don't hold any angst towards AMG for it because it was already gone. It's just that there are the people who had to go, you know what, Chris? It's not like that anymore, is it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. right, so. right. And I think, I think that's the hardest part. The the anger and angst towards AMG right now because of X-wing is that people are going to blame them for putting it in an Adepticon and not fully going back and realizing, oh wait, it already wasn't at the game center prior to covid you know uh, that connection isn't going to be there uh, but we could also always move on to what people are also mad about now you know even less options by adding more options so we get the battle of yavin pack ah oh, there we go i wonder where you were going with that got it because yeah. they're all standard loadout cards aren't they you can't you can't they change are. them you either take this card or you don't or you take the other one so it's just more options it's fine mm-hmm. You've got what you've got now, and then this on top of it, so it's more options, not less. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, um, oh, I, I get yeah, it. standard loadout, man. I'm I'm excited. All right, well, I think it'll be like if that's what the event is for, that's totally fine. I'm totally, I'm totally okay. Yeah. With it. We've talked about this before that I thought that this might be a more fun way so, to play action. W- w- one thing I just wanted to correct because you meant you said use that word when we were talking about it in the pre-show preamble. Um, it's not an event pack. This is a product on the shelf for you to buy. This is akin to buying um, an operation book for 40k, like the, the different battle zone books or whatever they're called. So yeah. it's just a themed battle where, like, if you play um, the Battle of Armageddon or the Second War for Armageddon, where you're using your um, Steel Legion, your Blood Angels, your Dark Angels against Orcs. This is that. This is I'm buying this scenario pack so that me and Ed can play like, the Battle of Yavin. The Battle of Yavin. Yeah, there's going to be a trench. The rebels are going to try and blow up the Death Star. See, that's fun. Yeah. How could you complain about that? Well, uh, because it's something to complain about. I mean, like legitimately. All right. So this isn't meant to be in any stretch of the imagination competitive play. This is strictly for a fun kitchen table kind of thing i mean you could do it in a store too but like that's all this is designed to do this looks like a ton of fun to me yeah so the there's two i want to focus on talking about the pack first before we get into the complaints about it sure sure sure. um we don't have the actual scenario stuff they just talk briefly about uh and it's a written article on the amg website Uh uh-huh you go to Atomic Mass Games, and it's under X-Wing Transmissions, and then Star Wars X-Wing, the Battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it talks about, obviously, doing narrative scenarios, uh, so you get to recreate the final battle for Episode Four, and then it talks about how they worked with LFL and added in some prototype TIE Interceptors so that the Imperials don't just get one TIE advance and a bunch of TIE Fighters. A bunch of TIE Fighters and I mostly mean, unbalance the game. You can whinge about the fact that the, you didn't see any Interceptors in there, but I'm personally of the opinion that if I'm going to give you money for this pack as an Imperial player, 
I probably didn't actually want, was it 12 ships per side? I can't even remember. But assuming it's 12 ships a side, I didn't want Darth Vader plus 11 other TIE fighters. I wanted <laughs> some variety in my pack, so thank you, AMG, for yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like It's more thank you, AMG, for letting people abuse you so that they can have more fun in the long run. But right, you gotta figure the rebel side isn't all that much better. You probably have what just high five. You just have X wings, X wings, Y wings, and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to talk. I, I just I'm so excited. I just want to talk about this Han because this Han looks so cool. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can he, literally can just yeah, I could just role play this card all the way with its ability. So it's laid out like kind of like the quick build cards but i think i actually mm -hmm. like this as a more clean layout yeah this yep. is pretty sharp yeah but um so it's initiative six three attacks one agility eight hull five shields and then the card itself has four charges um because he's has a charge based ability so after performing an attack that hits you may spend one charge to shout okay kid you're all clear i mean um you can perform <laughs> a coordinate action <laughs> But you know, what it, it's like, yeah, Han turns up and he's going to fuck Mauler and then he's going to get Luke to blow the desk. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, it's just, it's cool. So then he, his, I just, I would call it the chassis ability is um, solo. So um, while you defend or perform an attack, if there are no other friendly ships that range zero to one, you may spend one charge to reroll one of your dice. So he has four charges. So Han turns up, yep. fuck, get, gets to fuck someone because he gets to ro spend three of his charges to re-roll the dice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then yeah. drop a, yeah. yeah and then drop one for an coordinate. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he's got Chewie as his co-pilot, and this is a different Chewbacca. So after it you is. perform the evade action, you get a focus token. So it's got double mods. You know, he's got focus evade. He's got rerolls on his attacks built in. There's a rigged cargo shoot because you know you can't just go dropping your cargo at the first sign of trouble. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that he's got the same Falcon title for while you defend. If you're evading, you may reroll one dice, which is cool. And then the the chef's kiss is mm. the L three seven three programming with the pre flipped side because she's already just ahead. Yes. <laughs> So if you're not shielded, you decrease the difficulty of your bank maneuver. I'm just like, this is just cool. It I don't is. know it what is there really is to be mad about. Like, yeah. Like, you need to recognize this product for what it is. It is not meant for competitive standard. But, so that, that, that standard touches on. Right. So it, the, the, one of the complaints is people are saying, oh, I hope it's, people were saying, I hope it's not going to be legal for standard play. And AMG have said that it's going to be legal for standard play. So you could turn up to a tournament and play against this. Oh really? Yeah. Now that is a little bit of a difference. But like, mm, why? Is that being a deal though? Yeah. So, like, so you well, all it means is remember the current way you build ships is you spend yeah. a point value for a ship and then have a loadout. And then value. loadout. Yeah. Because this, this will not have any loadout, so you just yeah, spend a point for the ship. Point for the ship. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you want a hand that can do this, great. Yeah. If you wanted a hand that doesn't waste point waste load out on rig cargo shoot or didn't want to take l3 uh, if you don't care about banks being blue uh, if you'd rather have engine upgrade so you didn't stress yourself can't do it on this hand you'd have to take right. the normal hand a normal hand yeah. still like 
normal hand doesn't get any better or worse because this hand exists. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, no one's no, like taking I'm... away what you could do with normal hand. They're just saying, Psh, this hand over here, he's pretty cool too, right? Yeah. I want to throw something out. I actually like this because I don't really have to think about how to build a ship. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I, so I was thinking you don't have to have like 17 cards laid out when yeah. you're trying to like yes. it's just one card. Right. <laughs> so for me now you're gonna put four energy tokens on this or four whatever you call five shields, four energy for rebuilding, one for rig cargo shoot, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. You're done. Like, yeah, that's fine. For me, I if, like this. If I've not seen the pack yet, so I don't know, but like the last ship in my list. Instead of having to think about it's like okay, I've got these three ships I actually wanted. My fourth ship, well, I suppose I'll take this pilot. Okay, I've got to spend the load out. Now I'm like, I'm just going to take a standard load out card for my last ship because yeah. I don't care. It's the last ship I'm putting in. I just want something that fills that number of points, and then if it shortens the amount of space on the table, great. That's an added bonus. So I, right. I mean, maybe all of my ships will be standard load out. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I like it. I am I am because I'm looking at Luke and Darth Vader. Yeah, and I am super duper a fan already. Like that's what I mean. How can you be mad at um at Luke? You know what I mean? Where did I did I post that picture of Luke somewhere? Did I post it in the wrong place? I, yeah, it, yeah, it's not in. I I looked it up, but it's not in podcast crap. I evidently just posted it somewhere random on a different Discord then. Here, I'll. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll give it to you here. I got it up. All right, so. But yeah, like, from memory then, it, it, Luke is just like, Luke brought on torpedoes, R2-D2. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? What, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, he's but, got... But I like, I like this Luke. Yeah. I'll be honest so with you. He has the same ability of regenerating force. Um, there, he has hope. After another friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, you may perform a focus or a boost action. Uh, they've got attack speed. So after you execute a three or a four straight maneuver, you may boost using the one template. So yeah, that's pretty cool, yeah. actually. It's a five. It's a five maneuver. Yeah, you know, you're getting you're getting a free five maneuver basically, or right. a six it's maneuver. A six actually. if you do a four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a six if you do a four. Uh, I lo- this is something that I've always found weird about X Wing. Probably more X Wing players than X Wing as a game. Like you. You would not have the foils closed. There is no reason right. to close the foils because nope. I, this is one hundred percent stupid and is not relevant. But like all, I, all that happens is I go through my experience in the Air Force. Of like, well, the guns are zeroed from the, the foils open position, so as soon as right. you close them, they would be shooting past each other and wouldn't be accurate anymore. Right. Yeah. Then it's like the guns generate like the way lasers work in Star Wars is that they overheat and that's when you have to stop shooting because you right. guns if they're closer together you don't have Do the separation yeah. so we're going to overheat quicker. Yeah. Uh, I'm like it just doesn't make any sense. So like the start of the battle is lock S files to attack was, position. I was going so to like, say this. I, I, I don't. I don't care that I don't have S files. Right. I literally don't give a fuck. Well, <laughs> you know, you know what what they should have really done to make this just the piece de resistance is 
the front forward deflector shields would, you know, so if you're being attacked from the front, they would be a little bit better than just two shields. Because yeah. <laughs> remember, it's, uh, you know, whatever they say about, you know, they're passing through the Re- magnetic field. front deflector shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's... yeah. This not, is cool. This yeah. is freaking yeah. This cool. is going to be really cool. And that's so, I'm right there with you. Uh, so he's got attack speed for a, an extra boost. He's got instinctive aim. Oh, use the force, Luke. Don't use your target. Like, yeah. He's got instinctive aim, proton torpedoes, and R2D2. Right? Kind of required on both. What of those. What more could you possibly ask? What? <laughs> you know? um, right. I, Has anyone think, done the math to see if these loadouts are actually legal so, in any like the other so versions? I, I think you can run Luke with instinctive aim. I don't think you can get R2 on him as well. Right. And I that's what that's the one that just jumped out to me. I'm like, can you do that now? But when they originally spoke about him, it was that was the selling point, was like they might be a little bit cheaper because you lose the uh, you lose the options of what loadout you put on them. Or you right. might get a slight nudge in what you can take because you have to take it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. then this one, I think Ed will like the, the Battle of Yavin Darth Vader. Oh yeah, yeah. This so sweet. he's got the good part of Vader Defender's ability. So while mm-hmm. you perform an attack, you may spend one force charge to change a blank result to a hit result. An all offense Vader. Yep, yeah, but he can it. He can still spend his force defensively. Yes. Unlike, yeah. Yes. Unlike the one in the tie advance. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't get a billion actions, but he gets consistent out- damage output. Advanced Titan computer still lets him roll an additional dice when you've, he's got you locked and you get to change a hit to a crit. He has marksmanship. So if you're in his bullseye, he gets an extra hit to a crit. He has hate. So after you suffer one or more damage, you get to recover. And then he's got afterburners. So yeah. seems like a solid a solid enough choice in it. Like I've seen people win should he doesn't have um fire control systems. I'm like, mm. I don't care because I'm using this Vader to punch you in the face. So right. I'm gonna I don't wanna be tied to having to I'm not gonna chase the pilot who I shot last turn because I'm in a tie advance. So I'm gonna be powering through an engagement. So I'm going to be taking a new target lock most of the time anyway, and I'm going to be spending it because I want to make sure I'm getting as many hits as I can. So, yep. yeah, uh, you just target lock, spend his force, and just go to town, man. It's going to it's gonna be good. I like it. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, then we have... And I think it's of- important to note that I don't think any of these, as I'm reading the ones that we've seen so far, feel... Particularly broken. What do people have complained about a little bit is Iden Versio in the TIE Interceptor. Um, So she's got a different ability. So she has two recurring charges. So before a TIE at range 0 to 1 would suffer damage, you may spend two charges. If you do, you prevent one hit or a crit. So every other turn, she can prevent a damage. Some people said that this is a bit broken. But like, it's every it's every other turn though. You're gonna basically yeah. use it once, maybe after after, after playing against your uh, your your list, Chris, that had force. Yeah, this does not seem broken to me. Right, it's just... no, like, it's on an initiative four interceptor that has a shield right. upgrade, so it's four hole behind three agility. So you, 
if you're not killing her in two turns worth of shooting because she's probably spending the ability to save herself and then it's going to come back like i don't know i mean i'm not saying it's not good i think it's good i just i don't i don't know it doesn't seem it doesn't bother me i don't maybe i'm just a moron and really really bad at x-wing now and it's actually the most broken thing in the world I have to wait until well, I see it in the wild, but whatever. What I see, what I see with this, Chris, is that they're given named pilots abilities that aren't just locked into what the ship is. They're given them a decent ability to make them worthwhile. You know, adding in the interceptor. You know, the because they should have been at the Battle of Yavin. They just didn't have the models created yet to put them in the Battle of Yavin in the movie. Yeah, because by timeline. Yeah. yeah, by timeline they existed. So and that's that's what it says in the article. So yeah, obviously the thing about the Battle of Yavin is that the rebels sent a fleet somewhere else to mm-hmm. draw off the Imperial fleet, and that's where the interceptors actually are. Right. But whatever, you know what I mean? It's fine. Yep. I don't. I don't yep. really care. Um, nope. But so to me, anyway, if I'm working for damage mitigation. The the only reason I would choose this version of Iden Versio is if I wanted it to work on other types. Because I think I'm gonna have to double check now, make sure I'm not talking shite. But I feel like her Tie Fighter version only works on other Tie Fighters. I don't mm. know that a normal version works on um I like think any Tie. I think it's just any Tie, but I could be very very wrong. Iden Versio. No, before a friendly tie, IN fighter. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, it does say IN fighter. Okay. Yeah, because uh, if you're wanting to protect a tie swarm, I think mitigating all of the damage once is better than stopping one hit or a crit. Right. So if I'm running a tie, I still think, like, I don't, what am I trying to say? Um, she is not better than her tie fighter version. She is just different. Yeah. Right. Which I think is great. It's an option. I don't think, so even the best card you know in the pack by all accounts doesn't feel like it, it's better than the it's still an option it's not like i can have both if i take one i can't take the other mm-hmm. um then what was yeah. the other one we've seen so there's a y-wing in here an i4 Pops. rebel y-wing pops carol um is part of yavin two attacks one agility six hole two shields while you perform a turret based attack you may re-roll up to two attack dice He's got hope as well. After another friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, you may perform a focus or a boost action. And he's got an iron cannon turret, advanced proton torpedoes, and an R4 astromech. I mean, yeah. this seems like a cool. fun Y-Wing to me. Yeah. And and it seems like a Y-Wing that would... Is that the Battle of Yavin? Yeah. yeah. Spent, uh, stay on target. Yep. You're too close. Stay <laughs> on target. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm... I'm really excited. I want to see what the scenario is because, like I said, I want I want to have that moment of Han just fucking uh, Vader so that Luke can get his shot off. And like, does, I, he, not come, does he not come into like turn four or turn five? It uh, looks like a pretty beefy box. So it makes me wonder if they have like actual trench tiles. It's, they put... do. It says that the the oh, does um, it? I didn't read yeah. the article. Um, where is it gone? Um, that's the wrong. I've got 50 million tabs open, sorry. Um, I think you, if you go to the um, product page, because it's on the pre-order page now for Asmodee. Um, oh, no, there. There isn't a link there. But yeah, it says that it includes like tiles and 
how much, it's got how much back, punch yeah. base and everything. It's a store. I don't know. It's shop. There we go. Best podcasting material ever. <laughs> Atomic Mass Games. Star Wars X-Wing. Well, I would think so because it's a, they're a, a Death Star trench and rules for playing out the battle of Yavin scenario. Yeah. So yeah. there is there are tiles or something in there so that you can play it out as the the run through the trench. And yeah. the cool thing is, I'm sure some company is going to put out a mat that will have the trench run pre-printed so that you can do this. Sean, you you can't be the like when I when I first started playing X. That mat is like, so bad. I know the Gale Force Nine vinyl. Yeah, we've yeah. still got them. I've got so in the store at the moment. I have there's a vinyl mat, and then a different company did one foot tiles of Death Star. Um, yep, I remember that. That's actually like cast resin. We yep. have that, and then another company did one in, um one foot tiles that are neoprene of yep. the Death Star and. The, the Gale Force suck. Nine is terrible. Like it's so it, hard on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But but the deal is though, when X Wing first came out, and that, and there was one other map that came out with it. That's all you had. Oh yeah. yeah. Because because if you recall, so if you remember in tw- 2013, if you paid attention to X Wing Worlds, they were on paper mats. They they built they made three by three paper paper maps that you played on you didn't play on neoprene at the time you played on paper the first mats i ever played on i went to a joanne fabrics and got a whole bunch of space mats and had them cut one yard by one yard yeah i think i think i still have some of them you you started with the felt yeah i started with paper i actually went and had three by threes printed with with the star map i had to go out and find a star map deal that they could put on paper and had them printed and i had like 10 of them printed for the first tournament i ever ran did you laminate them no because that just you know the excessive cost printed was unreal but you know i think i printed like 10 of them and then the store had like six, six oversized felt mats that we had so we were trying to just get enough to you know have everybody we had enough play surface for everybody and Instead of having to tape off everything on tables. And then then Gale Force 9 came out and I purchased I think two of each of those types of mats and started getting rid of the paper mats. You would rip because you had to tape them down and then they would rip. And then you know, the Gale Force and that 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 flipping Death Star trench map was terrible, but it's all you had. Yeah, because yeah. some some of those players out there are not weren't around for the before times before Fantasy Flight actually made official game maps, which which was later too. That wasn't. It was really late. In, it was in, really yeah. late. Like a lot of other companies yeah. filled that gap long before they yep. came along. I have more unofficial mats here than I do official. I do have two officials. I think I have the Yavin and I have the standard Starfield one from FFG. But I have I have, I have like twelve mats. Oh, I have a list of a pack. It's on the back of a box on the um, X-Wing. So if you go to shop.asmodee.com and type mm-hmm. in Battle of Yavin, you can find the product there. It's a pre-order. Yeah. Uh, 20, it says it's in stock. Apparently I could add it to my cart right now. Well, interesting because... I'm, I'm going to do this and see if I can just buy one, see what happens. On the Asmodee uh, site that I'm at, it says pre-order. I, I have it available in stock in my cart right now. I'm going to buy it, see what happens. But um, I'll fill that in later. 
So the rebels in the ship is Gavin Darius, Luke Skywalker, Jack Parkins, Big Starlighter, Wedge Antilles, Han Solo, John Dutch Vander, Dex Tiri, Davish Pox Kirill, and Paul Auckland. Auckland, okay, land. Okay, oh. those those are the Y Wing pilots. I was gonna say there's yeah. two pilot names there that I did not recognize. Yeah. Now you know me and my love for Jack. I want to know how they do a Jack Porkins if they do them right in this. <laughs> oh, every, if it, every, every time iteration... you feel this pilot, you have to go to KFC. Right, exactly. Like every iteration they've ever done of Jack Porkins, first edition and second edition, I feel it's just made him a bad pilot. I'm like, no, I want to run Porkins. Yeah, so um then not you bad, get, just not optimal. You get Darth yeah, but he Vader. died going through he, he died going through the deflector shield. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, no, didn't he get hit came from behind? Wasn't that his line? No, that was Dutch. That was uh Dutch Vander. Yeah. Oh no, 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 that was no. Yeah, so, it was uh it was uh, the guy that said they got Tyree got Hutch, you know, and then oh, he's, right, right, he came right. from behind and then he gets right, blown up. Right. That 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 was Garvin Dreas. That so, was um, anyway, we have Vader in the X1, obviously, and we've got Backstabber, Mauler, Dark Curse, and Wampa. I'm sorry, sir. I don't believe you corrected. They correctly pronounced that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, then Iden Versio in an interceptor, and then Sigma four, five, six, and seven. She's pretty good. Cool. So that's named so, generics. They're named generics, but because Iden Versio was at the Battle of Yavin by her backstory as part of Sigma Squadron. Right. So, so but you're, I think you're not picking just, up what I'm putting down on. Put, put, you're not picking up what I'm putting down on this one. So what that would mean is in this pack in standard play, there are four new quote unquote generic pilots. Now I'm curious to see if those pilots all have the same abilities or if they all have individual abilities. I don't think we've seen any of those. I'll have to look and dig. But um so to me it reminds me of the Force Awakens corset. Hmm, when we got yeah, Omega yeah. Leader. Um and then it's only later on that they got names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's see if I can actually buy this. Okay, so, so it says, one item in it my says pre-order up here, and then it says availability in stock down here. Oh, boo, it will not be shipped right away. Oh, get fucked. See, told you. A big sad. Yep. Big sad. They're probably Screw you, Ezra Day. I'll give Sentrybox my money instead and buy my money. I mean, the money back. <laughs> to give them their money back. Oh, dear. Yeah, so that that is the Battle of Yavin stuff. Um, I think I'm pretty excited. Gonna... I'm excited. This looks like fun. This looks like this would be a, a hoot to run. It really would. And all right, so I'm I'm still I'm still on the fence on how I feel about the the ships and the builds being available in 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 play. And the only concern that I have is the one that I've already voiced is if there happens to be a pilot in here that is just genuinely broken. Sure, they can fix it with points. That's the only area of concern I have. I mean, we could also ban it. They could ban it exactly. And then that just nixes the whole thing out. But for a fun event that you're gonna throw this down on the table and just for just for giggles, there's a lot of ships here though. So like, uh, so of... j- just while you're here, I'm gonna push back on the concept of that complaint. Then, so rather than releasing them all to standard play, and then if one of them proves to be a problem, you would just ban it. You are more in favor of just banning them all and not even trying. No. Because that kind of, like once you think about it in that 
step. Yeah, when stuff. and you're right. When you think of it that way, no, you're correct. In the event that like my only, like I said, my only area of concern is there's something in here that is genuinely broken that introduces a complication of the game that doesn't need to be there for a fun product that's supposed to be there just to, just for giggles. The fact that they've made that available, there's a lot of bonuses to that. We've already talked about some of those. The fact that I don't have to put out 14 cards. Maybe I'm just getting into X-Wing and I don't have any of those cards. I don't have to go out and buy six different ships to get all the cards I need to be able to build these. Now I can just buy one thing that has all the pilot cards and stuff needed to do it. So I see a lot of benefits for it. Yeah. I'm so overall I'm like 90% positive on the, on the and I'm only holding out that 10% in the event that something could potentially introduce complications to the game. The other thing that I'm sitting on thinking, there's no way this is played on a standard 3x3 mat. This has to be played on a 3x6. It has because like just the number of ships. There's 10 rebel ships and how many have we got? 1 2 3 4 5 there's six, 10 of seven, each. Eight. There's 10 ships. There's 20 ships uh, on I, the board. I don't necessarily think that you take all of them. It's what I think I've still got the article. Um, oh, maybe you, maybe you, you're reading something I didn't read because, like, legitimately, I mean, it would make sense. Like, you have, although no, because they have. Uh, so the scenario for Battle of Yavin is a massive engagement where players build squads to a limit of 35 points, so you get 15 points more than a normal squad. Yep. So it's like an but, epic battle, you know. Well, yeah. I, I mean, um, I don't know. Like if you think about it, so you if you think four X wings is twenty points, then you add Han on top of that, you're already at like twenty seven. So it might be six or seven ships aside. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you still had the three to eight ship limit, hmm. and it's just like, yeah, cool. You get you now get to take Vader, his wing oh, meaning, and a squad. yeah, meaning you can pick which pilots go into it. Not don't have. See, I guess I was under the impression that you would take all of them because they were all there and they would have something like, because if you remember correctly, whenever Garvin Drace and his crew are going down for their first attack run to go through the, the trench, Luke's Vegas and Wedge are hitting in a holding pattern. They're actually yeah. not at the trench. They're waiting. So almost like, like if you were to play it per, if you were to actually try to historically create this battle, you would send those three ships. And then when they failed, you'd send another three ships to kind of go through, which that easily two players could play on a small three by three. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But um, so what is it? Um, now I'm going to go up and watch the movie. The rebels <laughs> face an uphill it. battle against the forces of a galactic empire, but with skilled piloting and a few tricks up their sleeves. Rebels stand a chance of getting a single starfighter in the trench for its attack run. Once a ship has equipped the attack run condition, it can make its approach and attack the exhaust port with its proton torpedoes. This is easier said than done, however, as only precise hit will set off a chain reaction. Aside from the awesome narrative scenario, the Battle of Yavin also introduces standout loadouts to X-Wing. Standard loadouts are a new type of ship card that incorporate all the ship's abilities and upgrades on a single card. Many standard loadouts have unique abilities and upgrades that aren't available anywhere else and are built specifically to fly with the other ships in the same scenario pack, as well as fitting seamlessly into squads that players have already built to bring new strategies and play styles to the table. Yeah, I'm cool with yeah. that. Sorry, I've just got that mental image of like that first oh. time that Luke's going into the going into the trench run. You're coming down, you see the the, the big cannons coming down in, and then you're going through. So, it. You turned off your tank. So, computer. That's wrong. Yeah. Yep. So you had you had nine ships that made the trench run. You had the three Y wings first, Red Squadron second, and then you had a Red Squadron leader with his two guys, and then Luke with Bigs and Wedge. Correct. That was the, that was the trench run so, that was in the movie. 
Do you, my prediction for what Wedge's ability is is um, once you lose a single shield, you immediately disengage and place in reserve. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You, you become a casualty of war. Yeah, like know? like a wedge that nobody would take in actual standard when, X-ray. When you are unshield, he's like two points. Uh, when you become unshielded, you are placed in reserve. Yeah, you yep. immediately yeah. disengage. You're doing no good back there, but Wedge, you gotta get over. <laughs> what do you mean I'm doing no fucking good? And Biggs is Biggs is, is he must die every game. Yes. So. Uh, at the start like of a game, he'll, he'll, award your opponent the points of this ship. Either yep. that, or he'll have like an Iden version of he'll, he'll like like a rebel version of Iden's ability, where he just takes all the damage until he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know what? Which this is, is going to sound weird broke. because uh, Biggs was a good pilot. He was, and, and the fact that he died, uh, he doesn't jump in front of the bullets. If you know what I mean, it's not like yeah. Kevin Costner yeah. diving across Tina Turner's. Fucking, uh, if it hadn't been Vader, sorry, not Tina Turner, but you know what I mean. Well, well, the the irony is, is Vader pretty much killed almost every ship that the rebels lost. Yeah, if it yeah. hadn't but, been for Vader being there, it would have been a much different scenario. You know, we we don't know what all the other ships because there were thirty three or yeah thirty three rebel ships that went. Yeah. We really only saw nine. And uh, the out of the nine, seven of them died to Vader. You know, um, well, well, what I'm saying, though, Sean, is I, I, I don't want Biggs's ability to be Biggs has to die. Uh, if you, I would rather the wedge meme be a thing yeah. than I, I want well, Biggs I, to just I, I be think, a pilot. I want to take. I, I do think though, once you place Porkins on the map, he should die because because he died going through the deflector shields not going through, not even really truly approaching the Death Star, so well, Jack it's not should be... Look, look, Sean, if it had had less KFC, it would have been able to hold it. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly, exactly. But he does I, come I back as a horse it. ghost, which is good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I, I'm... The, the one criticism I think I have is the headlights on the Falcon look weird uh, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's but... got its full beam on but it, like it should either i would have done all the way across the lights rather than just one panel yeah because lights don't come out in a so-, so my hope my hope is that the artist didn't do that as the lasers coming off of the the, the yt-1300 uh, it's definitely but, lights because uh, it's like the yellowy white yellow, light they're, they're of not like red. yeah all right I, it, I the artist has painted the actual guns. <laughs> so yeah, I was I, I I was going to say that I was like, because my hope is that the artist that was the rendition of the lights on the front, as opposed to that demo better not be the turbo lasers on the top and bottom of the ship because they're not coming from the right location. Uh, they're not the right color. Is this new art for Vader as well? I feel I like think it so. is. I was just saying that I don't think that I've seen that art before. Because that's I really like this. Uh, I would pay money for this as a print. Yeah, this is a good. This is good art. I don't like the Y wing art because it looks to me like the uh, nacelles have a correct size, so it just throws me off. <laughs> <laughs> I told you growing oh. up, I thought the Y wing was the coolest ship. I still do. It's, it's good. I think mean, this one looks good. Well, the airspeeder is the coolest ship in in Star Wars, but anyway. But, we're not going to get into that because then I'll instantly move on to Obi Wan spoilers, and we're not doing that. So um, yep, and I was gonna and I was gonna start complaining about Obi Wan spoilers. Yeah, so exactly. So uh, I think we should probably start closing that out now. 
Trying we are to hitting the two hour mark. Bring the nerd rage down. Anyway, that should do it for this one. We were I was gonna say we've been at like two and a half hours by my clock. At least I don't know when you started recording, but yeah. Well, we've been chat we had a good pre pre-game. We did, we did. And I've sat down and watched Jack's death on YouTube while we were talking, and you are correct. It's the whole thing. I've got a problem here. No, I can eject. And then Biggs is like, dude, eject. <laughs> no, I can hold him. And then he dies. Yeah. Yep. He got shot by nobody. <laughs> he just yep. blew up. Yeah. Died, died in the magnetic field. <laughs> yeah. So there, we have solved that problem. Anyway. All right. So that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Chris, do appreciate you doing all the editing on Father's Day, or are you going to edit tomorrow before it goes out? No, that's why I'm not doing the video again for this one. I'll just Go rip ahead. the audio quickly and try to get it out. So it might Go be, ahead. you might get some of um, Ed's vaping and um, some Discord Sorry. things coming through. I try to time. lean back. I try I to lean back. I'm not complaining, because I don't re-listen to a show. I was here. I don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> All right, so that is going to do it for this episode. I do appreciate everyone tuning in. Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Good to be here, Ed. And Chris, as always, good talking to you. Do you have some house cleaning you would like to do? Yeah, um, I was, again, as always, thank you to the patrons for um keeping us um keeping us going having that um just support is always great thanks to everyone on the discord we've had some uh some little bits and pieces pop up it's been relatively quiet but again i've not really been posting that much either so i'm just as guilty as everyone else but yeah let us know if you would rather listen to us talk about 40k on my little pony and we'll tailor that free <laughs> pre-game part of the show to what you listeners would like uh, x-wing isn't an option sorry you know you get to choose between my little pony or 40k now uh, i might mix it up occasionally but um if you have any questions you can email us at lack of focus podcast at gmail.com you can jump on a discord and chat to us there you can reach out on facebook but generally just thanks to everyone and um yeah i hope you have a great week all right, and that's going to do it for this one. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. And as always, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.